Survival of the fittest. It's why we're all here. Surely Turkey has as much say in his future as any other bird. He thinks he has more. Hi, and welcome to day eight of the Dark Christmas Tales Advent Calendar. This tale is called Turkey, written by Angela Blythe and read by the author. It's pretty hard to get a straight answer out of a bird, especially a turkey. Only he holds the answer to this terrible tale, and he's playing his cards very close to his chest, or breast, in his case. The first signs of it were in October. They were so subtle that we missed them. In November, we began to notice the beginnings of what would be a terrible few weeks, not only for birds, but for humans, the ecosystem and the food chain. Birds were flocking in October, settling in fields, rooftops and telephone lines. That's not unusual. A lot of them go off to warmer climes. The beginnings coincided with the time when vast flocks of birds fly south, so it went completely unnoticed by the general public. What was noticed by the scientists, and in particular avid bird watchers, was that many birds were dying. A lot more were being found dead on the ground, and the others seemed agitated and angry. If they rose off to migrate, there was always one or two that got left behind, the weaker ones. Had this happened before? I don't know, but most of us took no notice. At the beginning of November, everyone noticed that the birds seemed full of rage and were turning on other weaker or smaller types of birds than themselves. Not only were stronger birds killing the other weaker species, but it was occurring even within their own flock. The fighting was everywhere, every type that you could think of. Starlings, blackbirds, parrots, penguins, flamingos and pelicans. Even birds in people's homes. If there were two of them, one would kill the other. The remaining one didn't look happy about their triumph either. At the end of November, all that was left were evil flocks of alpha birds. Sometimes they got agitated and attacked one another, or a group of seagulls would attack a single hawk and afterwards they would target a robin. The scientists were at their wits' end. Several of them already had birds in captivity for various reasons, and these birds acted in precisely the same way as the wild birds. The virus must be airborne. We couldn't find out what had caused this rage in the world's population of birds. Their eyes were red and bloodshot. They angrily squawked at anything. They were more aggressive to a smaller or less able breed. Birds were dwindling fast. In some places, for example, beneath trees in a park, you might come across a pile of 150 dead birds. Farmers brought their free-range chickens inside to save their lives. But again, if these were not kept separate, they'd fight to the death. There was only one bird that seemed to remain sane. The festive turkey. And at first we were happy about that, because if we didn't have turkeys, we wouldn't have Christmas dinner. A couple of days later, what birds were left were targeting any animal that they could find outside. People stopped taking their dogs for a walk. 
Cat owners locked their cat flaps. The price of cat litter rocketed. Dead foxes, badgers and hedgehogs could be found everywhere, their eyes pecked out. Hundreds of bloody wounds were all over their body. In Scotland, there were no longer any wild deer or reindeer. They didn't stop with the animals. People were being attacked. What size the human was didn't bother them. Of course, children were targeted most, but attacks on adults were frequent too. The birds that remained had survived because they were the fittest. The red-eyed beasts were very aggressive and now hunted in packs of genus. You could smell them if they were close. The dust on their wings especially, but also the blood on their beaks and claws. Then another smell. To me, it smelled like illness. Rot. These birds still didn't live in harmony. When they were eating their prey, if one bird got a bit more meat than the other bird, they would be turned on and killed. The mixed flocks began soaring high and then plunging down towards barns, smashing through the windows to get to the chickens. Farmers brought their other livestock inside. Cows, sheep, turkeys, pigs, all jostled for a bit of room indoors, hidden from the aggressive birds. Children couldn't go to school anymore. Even a couple of weeks ago, playtime had been limited to indoors only. It got to the stage, however, that children couldn't get from their parents' cars to the classrooms before being targeted. There were some human deaths. It was mainly older people, caught by flocks of birds while putting rubbish in their bins. The birds began to slowly kill each other off. A scientist likened it to a championship football league. The best were now competing to be the victors. If we waited long enough, we wouldn't have this plague at all, or any birds. Another problem was that the birds weren't breeding. No baby chicks were being hatched. They were all fighters, not lovers. The majority of bird species had become extinct, apart from the ones in captivity. And surprisingly, on a Tuesday evening, it all stopped. The threat was over. What happened was that every single bird just died where it was. Some were in the air and banged down hard on cars, their owners peeking outside, wondering what was going on. A few were sitting on chimney pots, waiting to target humans to peck. These ones dropped down dead, cascading down chimneys into the fireplaces. They were like falling leaves. One day, the sky was full of them, and the next day, they were all over the floor, like vile, rotting garbage. Every one of them was gone, from swans to pheasants to budgies. Sadly, there was only one type of bird left, and that, love them or hate them, was the turkey. Did they know what was going on? Was something in their genetic makeup enabling them to be immune from this? Was it a virus? Was it madness? Was it the turkey's idea? Was it his design? Was he aware of how lucky he was? Because of what happened, of course, no one wanted to eat them that Christmas. He was the only creature that gave us the possibility of natural birds being part of our future. 
and even those were flightless ones. The scientists announced that they had every bird's DNA in their vaults, but this would still take a long time to get back to normal. All biologists and geneticists began to work around the clock. There were other problems to deal with too. Even in the winter, the insect population soared, as did the mouse population. Family cats could now be let out, and they had a field day. Mice, rats, voles and shrews were everywhere. We realised what the birds had been keeping back, and our vermin problem became uncontrollable. Pest control became a very lucrative business. It would be a long time before we could eat turkeys, if ever. It was safe to say that their feathered fat bodies and eggs were precious now. The scientists worked out that they could change the DNA at base level inside a turkey's egg. They began to hatch all the extinct birds who mated and had chicks. The new generation didn't catch the virus, if that's what it was, because they now had the immunity of the turkey inside them. The scientists still faced some problems. Many birds would take a while to be seen again, if at all. For instance, if you want a baby ostrich to grow, you have to have an egg big enough to hold the enormous chick. Until larger birds' eggs could be harvested, the technicians couldn't make them. Still, the turkey reigned supreme. The following Christmas, the following Christmas, I went to see some in a bird sanctuary. That was the only place you could see them now. What didn't live there lived in laboratories. Wherever they live now, they had fine lives. I felt, and I knew that I wasn't the only one, that somehow the turkey knew exactly what had gone on, and in some way it could have been his plan. That's the type of person I am. They were behind glass. They couldn't catch anything off us, as they were too precious. It was quite a treat to see one. None of us realised how much we would miss birds until they'd all gone. It cost £10 to go in, and that all went to the turkey's upkeep. I happened to catch one of the turkey's eyes as it gobbled along. He stopped to stare at me. That was all your fault, wasn't it? I said to the turkey through the glass. About 300 turkeys stopped what they were doing and stood silently watching me. I swallowed hard and didn't go to see them again. I'm a vegetarian now. There was significant interest in that after B-Day. I do wonder where we are in the food chain these days. I suspect that we've slipped a place in the last year. That was A Dark Christmas Tale, written and read by Angela Blythe. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about further stories in this series, or my other work, please go to www.angelablythe.com.